Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Kids Apparel. That's right. Great Lakes Kids Apparel offers affordable, wearable, and playable clothes for your little one to enjoy. Plus, Great Lakes Kids Apparel is a mom-owned business, so you know your kids will love these clothes. And Great Lakes Kids Apparel offers fast, free shipping on orders over $50, not to mention amazing customer service. So head over to GreatLakesKidsApparel.com or click the link in the show description and use promo code LOCKS to get 20% off your first order today. This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I am John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another bite-sized, truly terrifying true crime case. Olivia, before we get into it, as always, it's great to see you. How are you this week? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. Better than you. You ate some Captain Crunch before we started recording, so <laughs> you've got that old Captain Crunch throat going. Do you still have the top of your mouth? Uh, no, not really. That went away yesterday when I ate a big bowl of Captain Crunch. But don't give away my secrets, okay? Listen, Captain Crunch, pizza rolls, warheads, anything that you can eat that will destroy your mouth are like my favorite foods. So I'm 100%. a garbage person. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Well, I am really excited to get into this week's short on time episode. And because we are short on time, I say we just jump in. What do you think? Let's get started. Awesome. 
Now, it's funny. I didn't want to say anything last week when we were recording the episode, but I was thinking about my short on time episode for this week because I had already had it picked out. And the two kind of go hand in hand. They're very similar in theme. So I thought that was very interesting that we were kind of on the same wavelength. So I'm really excited to see what you think about this case and any similarities there. All right. Well, let's hear it. 29-year-old Barbara Olberholzer was last seen hitchhiking near Breckenridge, Colorado on January 6, 1982. On January 7th, Barbara's body was found in a snowdrift on the summit of Hoosier Pass, about 11 miles away from where she had last been spotted. Annette Schnee was also last seen hitchhiking on January 6th of 1982. However, the two women were not traveling together. Annette's body was discovered by a boy who had gone out fishing in July of 1982, about six months later. She was fully clothed in a rural area creek in Park County. Both women had been fatally shot. So I wanted to stop right there before we go any further. Right off the bat, I thought this was super interesting because these are two separate women not traveling together. They're both kidnapped on the same day. One is found the next day and one is found six months later. So I was like, that is either a crazy coincidence or this is the same person. Right. Yeah. I'm interested to hear about that. Now, unfortunately... Detectives had no leads, and the case went cold for decades. But in 2020, they were able to discover new information using genetic genealogy. What do you know? DNA testing again. Yeah, and with this information, they were actually able to identify a suspect, 71-year-old retired mechanic Alan Lee Phillips. Now, what's interesting is the night that both women went missing— Phillips was actually rescued from nearby Gwinella Pass when his truck got caught in a snowstorm. That's real convenient that he was caught in a snowstorm and the body that was found the next day was found basically on the summit and he just happened to be in the area. Yeah, and that's what detectives thought as well. Both these women were kidnapped from the same area, their bodies turned up, and this one guy happened to be in that area and just happened to get stuck in a snowstorm trying to get down the mountain. So, you know, there's some red flags being thrown. For sure, for sure. Authorities were able to match blood found on Oberholzer's glove to Phillips using DNA testing. Phillips was actually arrested last year in the small Colorado town of Dumont, where he had resided for the last four decades. Now, Cindy French, who was Annette Schnee's sister, recalled the toll her disappearance took on their family. She recalled her mother breaking down in tears over the six months that her sister was missing. French actually named her daughter after Annette. She also shared her frustration, saying that while her sister was not alive to have a family, Phillips was able to remain free for decades and have wives and children. It's very similar to my case this week. Which I thought was very interesting, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to spoil it, but I was like, the similarities are crazy. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, Jackie Vukos Walker is the daughter of Barbara Oberholzer. She is roughly the same age as her mother was when her life was taken from her. Vukos Walker said that her childhood was filled with sadness, depression, and anxiety. She wasn't able to relate to other children because of what had happened to her mother, and she spent a large amount of time crying into a pillow. Now, this episode is actually coming out Wednesday, November 16th. On Monday, November 7th, so just a week ago, Phillips was found guilty of both murders. Judge Stephen Broom sentenced Phillips to two life sentences after the surviving family members pushed for the maximum punishment. What I thought was really interesting, because this judge obviously seemed to be trying to make a point, these sentences are actually to be served back to back instead of at the same time, so it can impose the maximum penalty. This judge was essentially like, you're never getting out. 
you've got two life sentences. Good luck. Right. See you when you check out. I guess I didn't know that life sentences weren't always served back to back. I think I just always assumed that you're in jail forever because you're serving back to back sentences. Yeah, I think there is consecutive, which is like one after the other. And I think there's like congruent, which would be at the same time, I believe. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think this was just his way of being like, hey, man, the family wants the harshest thing I can give you. So this is how I do that. Speaking to the families, Broom closed the sentencing by saying, I hope that the healing starts today and that God be with you. Phillips plans to appeal the convictions, claiming that the DNA evidence used against him was contaminated and mishandled. And that is the case that I brought for you this week, Olivia, before we jump into the deadbolt test. Wanted to pick your brain. What did you think about this case as we were going through it? I mean, this is our second one of the week. I think we're going to see this more and more as these cold cases are coming about and they're testing the DNA this way. Yeah, I am definitely with you. And I will say there is something satisfying about hearing about a case like this that's been unsolved for so long and thinking about the families, right? The sisters, the mothers, the people that, you know, love these victims, the people that have been mourning their loss since 1982, even though it's all these years later and you know, relatives are probably gone and buried and things like that. Like just the idea that they get some kind of closure, you know, is really satisfying. It's gratifying in a way to be like, Oh yeah. Oh, thank God. Cause there's so many people who don't get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great thing. You know, like I said, some people have been against like, Oh, don't send in your DNA, you know, conspiracy theorists and things. But I mean, like I said, I said last week I've done it and You know, I guess these people who are a little bit older don't think about how the DNA goes. And I said that last week. So I think we're going to see more and more of this as time goes on. I definitely agree. And I think we should just go ahead and jump right into the deadbolt test. Again, I know this isn't a full case. We don't go into all the details like we normally do. But just from a very high level, if you had to rate this on the deadbolt test, where would it fall for you? So I'm kind of this guy's target. A young female. So I'm going to put this one a little bit closer to a six this week. I do think this is just, you know, a random act of someone kidnapping and killing two women. But again, I am very impressed by this DNA genealogy testing and finding these murderers from these uh, cold cases. Where do you stand, John, in the deadbolt test? You know, I'm going to put this at a six as well. I am not this guy's demographic. There's no way you're going to catch me hitchhiking and Breckenridge, like just not where I hang out. What is really random to me, or I think what kind of hits home for me is as far as we know, this guy has had no other victims, at least as of now. So if that is the case, just the idea, again, it's the randomness. It's just that maybe this was something that he had been thinking about. He'd been thinking about, he'd been thinking about. And then on January 6th, 1982, he was like, I have the opportunity. And like, I need to see what this is about or what this is like. And so the idea that there's somebody out there that is just like, I don't know, maybe today's the day that I give it a try. You know, that's the terrifying thing to me. And then I think also, you know, thinking about these families that for decades were like, what? Just give me the answers. Like, help me find out what happened to my loved ones, you know? So for me, I'm going to put this at a six, but I could definitely understand why this would hit higher for other people. So that was a really great case, John. Um, And so cool again, that we kind of went on the same pathway this week. But I really enjoyed it. And again, like I keep saying, we're going to see more of this happening as time goes on. I'm making a bet. $5 right now. (laughs) I'll take that bet. 
I also think it's crazy. It's like, you know, we've been doing this now for a couple of months. So we're like, we're starting to mind meld a little bit and we're on the same wavelength of like, Ooh, this case sounds interesting. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> this case sounds interesting. <laughs> I will call, go back to your thought about, you know, the random act of crime. You know, what about that day makes him want to attack and why so random? But I had this thought as I was running on the levee today about every time I run past somebody, I think and I look behind me to make sure that no one turns around and comes after me. And I'm like, well, maybe if I like think about it, then it won't happen to me. Or if you're prepared for it. Yeah. High alert. Yeah. Well, the thing that stuck out to me when I was researching this case was John D. White from the Halloween episode. We had the one that Jessica Gomez brought to us, the great Jessica Gomez. But, you know, he had said he had been thinking about it for weeks, you know, just thinking about it, thinking about it. And mm-hmm. even going back to Robert Silvera, like he left his family because he was like, I'm having dreams about murdering my wife and my child. And like, apparently those dreams were so vivid that he was like, I got to go because I'm going to do something. So just the idea that there's people out there walking around, just whoever passes you in the car one day, they could be the person that like for three weeks has been like, I wonder what it's like to kill somebody. And that is terrifying that there's humans out there like that. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes. When you put it in that perspective, a hundred percent, that's like a 10. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, great case, John. Great case this week. Well, thank you. And that's where we fall on the Deadpool test. We are both rocking a six, but we want to know where does Alan Lee Phillips, the cold case from Colorado, fall on your deadbolt test as always you can let us know reach out to us on instagram at check the locks pod twitter at check the locks and if you are not in our facebook group what are you doing be a cool kid join the facebook group we'd love to have you we're in there hanging out every single day also if you want to financially support the show we have a patreon you can head over to patreon.com slash check the locks we've got a bunch of different tiers a bunch of different goodies we got stickers mugs t-shirts all sorts of stuff we may be having some posters coming soon i'm working on some cool stuff So make sure you're checking that out. And if you can't financially support the show, that is totally fine. Just listening means the world to us. It does more for us than you could ever know. So if you're liking what we do, please share it with your friends, your family. We would absolutely love to get in front of as many people as we can. That is it for this week's episode. Join us again next week as we dive into yet another bite-sized, truly terrifying true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. We'll see you next week.